Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we've got a great revenge story between a couple showing exactly how their roles in their daily lives are not equal. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, got a random letter from a church lady I've never met. So yesterday in the mail I got one of those handwritten letters from a random religious person, Jehovah's Witness in this case, going over the generic, God loves you, you should come to our church, blah blah blah, going to heck if you don't believe, yada yada yada. I find this very rude and get anxious and very annoyed whenever this happens. The woman who sent the letter put her return address and name on the letter, so I made a donation to the satanic temple in her name. And she'll be getting a thank you card in the mail from them. Was it petty? Yes. Was it worth it? Also yes. I guess try to kill them with kindness, at least you're donating to some kind of cause. Depending on your beliefs, they do support actual causes. Despite the illustrious name, The Satanic Temple. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is Editing Hate Mail. There was this guy who was courting me on my second year, and I thought he was funny and cool but didn't really want to date him because he had a reputation for being a flirt and cheating on his girlfriends. I've turned him down a few times already, but he was persistent. He ended up stalking me until university. His jealous ex-girlfriend sent me a letter. She had one of her friends pass it along to one of my classmates, and the letter eventually found its way to me. I thought it was going to be a warning about how this guy sleeps around or something. Several girls in my year have received warnings like that. But no, it ended up being a very long letter filled with every insult and curse word she knew. This girl was so mad at me because her ex left her and started pursuing me and accused me of stealing him when I haven't spoken to him outside of me turning him down for the third time that year. This wasn't my first hate mail, but I was getting tired of girls accusing me of stealing their boyfriends when I don't even interact with them. I was very shy and introverted and couldn't understand why boys liked me because I had very low self-esteem and was suffering through an eating disorder at the time because I hated how my body looked. I decided to write back to her and insulted her in a way that she will remember to this day but doesn't really involve me writing anything bad to her. For context, I live in the Philippines and while English is the medium of instruction in school, not everyone is good at it. She wasn't good at it. I simply rewrote her letter but fixed all the spelling and grammatical mistakes and added a note at the end. P.S. I noticed you used son of a witch to describe me, but since I'm a female, witch would have sufficed. Please tell me how else I can help you with English. I personally gave her the letter myself when she and her pack of friends were strutting in the hallway outside my club room. I say strutting because one of my classmates noticed them walking past our club room several times, pointedly looking at me and huffing. I called out to her on our next parade past our club room and handed her the letter with a smile and said in the sweetest voice I could muster, Thanks for the letter. I hope you like my response. She was taken aback and walked away, and I saw her open the letter with her friends. She burst into tears. 
This girl avoided me in the hallways through all of high school, and I never got another hate mail from anyone ever again. I did end up with a reputation for being incredibly cruel, even though I simply helped her with her letter. So is this basically preying on an insecurity that she might not have even realized she really had until OP threw it in their face? And like, I love that OP didn't even really throw it in their face necessarily. Like honestly, for being such a mean girl, there's no reason that what OP did should have upset her that bad. But hey, it worked and it's so satisfying. Our next story is, want me to leave a tip? Sure. Not a big story and I hope this is okay to post. I live in Australia. Tipping is not a thing here, even though there have been places requesting this for many years. Don't get me wrong, I've happily tipped a few times, but overall our hospitality staff and others are paid well. Years ago, my then wife and I came down to Brisbane from the Sunshine Coast for a day. Our son was with us, he must have been less than 12 months old at the time. It was getting on lunchtime, and I said to my wife, let's get some lunch. We headed to Eagle St. Pierre. This had a number of really nice restaurants and I thought it would be great for us to have a really nice lunch overlooking the Brisbane River. As young, first-time parents, it had been a year of change for us. Our son was happily sleeping in his pram. We head up to the restaurant, I can't remember the name, and it is dead quiet. I can't say if we were the only customers, but if there were others, they were very few and far between. I asked if we could get a table for two for lunch and was told we certainly could. Awesome! This is going to be a great time for young parents. Waitress says to follow her, so we do. We walk past the empty tables overlooking the river, past the tables in the middle of the restaurant and get seated, literally outside the toilets. Bit of a disappointment to say the least, but we had a good lunch and as quiet as it was, I don't recall anyone having to use the facilities we were sitting next to while we were there. Our son slept through the whole time. So we get up and go to leave, weaving our way past the empty tables forward to the register. Our waitress rings up our bill and I ask, would you like me to leave a tip? Her face brightens up and she says, sure. I say, my tip is don't make your customers sit outside the toilets when your restaurant is empty. I would have given you some money to make your day, but you've ruined ours. Don't do that for someone else. Paid and left. I hope she thought about that. A lot of people are saying that OP probably should have spoken up before that, you know, advocate for themselves before they settle in and have what OP described as a good lunch, despite all the circumstances. This next story is, spit on me, I'll puke on you. Setting and context matter, because even though this was an epic moment in my young life, as an adult I feel a bit bad about this. In grade 5, I was living in a small Pacific island. I was one of only two white kids in the village school and so the fact that I stood out from the crowd visually, combined with my small stature and mouthy nature, made me an easy and frequent target of bullying. One particular day, we were heading out on the school bus to see an oyster hatchery. I was sitting in the front row in front of a small Chinese girl, the only one in the school, likely as much of a target of bullying, and probably less deserving of it than me. She was being encouraged by the girl next to her to do something to me. When all of a sudden I felt a warm goop on my shoulder. I looked over and saw a huge, jiggling, warm, wet loogie on my shoulder. The Chinese girl had horked on me. I instantly felt like I was going to puke. And after a moment of listening to the two girls behind me laughing, turned around and vomited on both of them. No one from that school ever spat on me again. We arrived a few moments later and both girls were hosed down and I was able to wash the loogie off my shirt. 
I still feel a bit bad because I'm sure that little girl was as bullied or more so than me and was probably just trying the whole, I'll pick on the little guy to make myself look bigger thing. Oh well, live and learn. Don't spit on me. Some people in the comments were saying, how can you do that? Can you puke on command? And I'm here like just picturing how disgusted I would also be if I got spat on like that. 100 million percent, one of the biggest gross out icks for me personally is anything involving boogers, snot, spit. Sometimes you'll be on that YouTube tumble of like watching funny clips or whatever and some clip will come up of like a dog with like some big booger hanging out and there's like a laugh track in the background. And I'll be closing the window as fast as possible like how do people find this funny? Our next story is threaten me? Have fun losing a full day of sales? So back when my parents were in their 20s, they lived near a big market in the capital city of my country. My dad's an electrician and went to work around 4am, so my mom was left to do basic chores and grocery shopping. One day around 5pm, she went to the store. The big market was closing up for the day, but there were still plenty of people walking over the big street. While walking back to the apartment, the fishmonger had just closed up and stepped in his car. The guy started speeding towards my mom almost hitting her while she was pretty frozen because this man was driving in high speed towards her on a busy street. The guy stops and starts screaming at her why didn't she move and starts telling her to come closer so he can beat her up. My mom just walked home but was pretty shaken up by the whole ordeal and tells my dad. The next day, my dad gets to the fishmonger and asks him why he threatened to beat up his girlfriend, to which the guy just threatens to beat up my dad as well. My dad didn't feel like getting into a fight, so the next morning when he goes to work very early, he puts super glue in his locks. The whole day he couldn't get to his stand. He was cursing and bambling, lost a whole day of sales and probably had to throw away a bunch of fish. When this guy tried to get back into his work and realized like the locks were just totally done for, they had to know what happened, right? Like they had to know it was retaliation. Unless there's just a bunch of savages in that town. Our next story is, shut my old boss up. This was about 10 or so years ago. My department head was, let's call him Kenny, VP of Software Engineering, led our team of about 8 or so people. He had hired two team leads, almost exactly like him, who were essentially his bootlickers and drooled over every word he said, even though his ideologies made little to no sense. For those of you not familiar with the world of software, Every few years at least, you have to bring your codebase to something more current. This does a few different things. It keeps the team more engaged and keeps the code standards up to date instead of using something essentially out of date. Ours wasn't updated in more than 8 years at this point. We were a Java shop, and for those of you that know, Java is an object-oriented language that supports high code reuse, etc. Unfortunately, ours was not even close to an object-oriented code base. I had pointed that out a few times, but neither the leads nor Kenny wanted to take any notice or make any changes. There was especially one application that was terribly written. Let's call in the reordering application. It was written in Java, but it was completely procedural, three really big methods. I'm talking about each method being a few thousand lines long without any exaggeration. This was one application that every developer knew was pure crap and even the leads agreed. Of course, no one said anything because Kenny originally wrote it some 10 plus years ago. Another thing about Kenny was everything was his way or the highway. 
If you said anything contrary to Kenny's view, you were let go a week later, no matter how right you were or how wrong he was. Thankfully, two years after my joining Kenny's company, I got a wonderful offer from a different company and gave notice. My send-off kind of coincided with Kenny coming to our local office. At lunch, he mouthed off a bunch of things like, I can't believe how much bad code there is out there in companies. This was my chance. I quickly and very politely and innocently interjected, Oh, you mean like our reordering application? Wow, not sure who wrote that. Even though I knew full well Kenny did. His face turned to ash, and for the first time ever, we all saw him dead silent and completely brought down from his high horse. I hate to admit it, but that felt great. Best part, even though I could see him seething, he couldn't do jack about it because I was already leaving. I've spent a little bit of time around projects that involve coding in very specific ways or dealing with older code and updating things, and I can't begin to tell you how much I sympathize with OP when having to deal with somebody that doesn't do any of it right. It's almost like you're building a house and you look over and one of the other people that's helping build the foundation of this house is doing it in such a terrible way that it's going to have to take some extra work to go back over and redo, but they're still like proudly forging forward with that. Our next story is, I won the prank war between my wife and I. So this was, shoot, I guess 10 years ago now? Darn, time flies. Anyhow, set the scene, Riviera Maya, Mexico. We're on our honeymoon at an all-inclusive resort. We've been having a blast, but the wife and I are playing small pranks back and forth. They were harmless in nature, like hiding my hat or stealing the towels, but I admit she got me good when she locked herself in the bathroom and took the TV remote while turning the volume up on the complimentary adult entertainment channel to max. I wasn't going to go nuclear or anything, but I needed a good reprisal. Well, there's a second adult entertainment channel available of exclusively gay content, which was not her cup of tea. You know those resort channels that play at hotels that usually show nearby attractions or shows in the area? That was playing in the background without sound as we browsed a resort dinner menu. While she was distracted, I switched it to the gay adult entertainment channel and let it play out as we continued menu browsing. It was probably playing for a good 5 minutes straight. The TV was in her peripheral vision, but she didn't catch on. Until I imagine a very repetitive movement drew her attention. While I'm stone cold staring at this menu, I suddenly hear her yell out, Oh, come on! For my slyness and ability to keep a poker face, I was given the win and the prank war was over. I still laugh about it to this day. Although I don't know necessarily about doing these kinds of pranks, it kind of sounds like relationship goals to me. Like just playing these harmless little pranks on each other and just having a good time about it. This story just makes me feel a little bit lonely is all. Our next story is dogs attacking woman in park. So at my local off-lead dog park, we have a little bit of a community there. Same people most nights taking their dogs out for a walk. We all know each other and look forward to seeing one another after work. One lady, who we see occasionally, is a vile thing. She will intentionally walk towards the dogs and scream, put your dog on a lead, and kick and thrash at the dogs. About six months ago, my friend was walking both her elderly dogs through the park alone. She was... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I was approached by this vile lady, spat at, and racially abused. My friend was shocked and extremely upset by this and had to be consoled. This afternoon, I was walking through the park with my two dogs. I have the week off work and the weather wasn't great, so not a soul in sight. Until halfway through the park, the vile lady walks towards us. My lovely terrier wanders up to say hello and the vile lady starts screaming, kicking, and thrashing her shopping bag at my dog. Get away from me! My dog pauses to evaluate and starts rounding the lady, barking. She thinks it's a game. My other terrier, not wanting to miss out on the fun, runs towards them and joins in with the chasing and barking. I turned my back and walked away, listening to the terrified screams. For all the Karens and Darens commenting below, my dogs were beside me literally seconds after I walked away. They were not at any point in any danger, nor was the woman they were barking at. I have dogs too that when they're playing and they get excited, they definitely have a tendency to bark. So I definitely understand where OP's coming from here where this lady's shaking around the shopping bag that essentially to these dogs seems like some noisy plaything so they get all excited and barking and running around. The dogs were having a blast, the vile lady, kind of in a satisfying way, wasn't. Needless to say, if she has that much of an issue with dogs, stop going into a dog park. This next story is, catfished my ex after we ghosted our two year relationship. I had a boyfriend, male 34, for two years and all of a sudden he ghosted me. I didn't see it coming, there was no reason. Sometimes I had the feeling that he wasn't that serious about me, he assured me that he was serious about me. When he ghosted me I texted him, called him, no answer, asked my stuff back, never a reply and never got my items back. I discovered a lot of things after we ghosted. He was active on dating apps during our whole relationship and met girls, probably hooked up with some I think, and all of that while we hooked up unprotected. It really messed me up. I got depressed, I thought I was ugly and lost all positivity. I really lost myself, never got any answers and I was ashamed of myself. One day I made a fake profile on a dating app. I matched with him and we set up a date. Obviously never showed up because I was fake. Did it also a few times after that, maybe six times. Also never showed up or said that he was ugly and that's why I didn't show up. One time he even already bought tickets for the movies. He also lied to these women, saying that he lived in another city, saying that he'd been single for a year and so on. It almost seemed like he was a pathological liar. I don't know, it was all a lie for him. I just wanted him to feel the same way I had or have been feeling. I have zero regrets doing it. I'm just impressed that that guy got catfished that many times and after like 5 or 6 times 
still showed up. Like at what point do you just realize maybe you are getting catfished and you try to change it up somehow? Our next story is, take my parking spot, I'll fill your car with snow. This is my dad's story, it takes place in the early 1980s. Picture this, early 1980s, DC, Maryland, Virginia area, DMV, a blizzard dumps a historically high amount of snow, several feet. My parents had just gotten married and lived in an apartment. My father spends hours digging his car out so he could get to work the next Monday. He gets home from work late and there's a car in his spot, a signed spot. My dad's pissed because now he has to dig out another space in the cold dark. He notices the car was unlocked, so with every shovel full, he walks to the car, opens the door, and places the snow in the spot stealer's car. This took him a few hours, went home and slept like a baby. The car was still there when he left for work the next morning. When he got home that evening, the original space was empty, and that was that. No neighbors complained or asked questions. My dad is the most gentle and kind man in the world, but he also had four brothers, so he doesn't take BS. It takes an extraordinarily big jerk to see somebody that shoveled out their assigned spot and go, yeah, I'm gonna take that for myself. I just love imagining the dread within that person when they went and opened their driver's side door and realized their car is caked full of snow. This next story is, by the power of Craigslist, I shall exact 0YY6543. I got divorced back in 2019. My ex-husband, who for the story will be referred to as Baby Huey, is the chef's kiss. Perfect example of failure to launch. The whole five years we were together, he had no job. After almost a year together, I lost my crap and tried to dump him. It ended up with him finally applying to our local community college. He couldn't work part-time and do school full-time, but he could witch when I didn't have the money to take us out to dinner and a movie. I feel I should add that I was working three jobs and in nursing school at the time. Nursing school probably would have been easier if I wasn't playing mommy to a grown man. You live, you learn, you get divorced. My state has a six-month waiting period between filing for divorce and finalizing it. Shortly after we separated, he texted saying he missed me. I echoed the sentiment and followed up telling him we should have a recommitment ceremony and we could adopt kids, though I couldn't have them. He got excited and then I said I would rather light my pubic hair on fire than ever get back together with him and to go give your bouncy balls a pull. I'm a big Letterkenny fan. Seven months after our divorce, when I was day drinking and feeling salty, I exacted my revenge. I got on Craigslist and made a posting in a town near us on their free page. It was for five laying hens. I included his phone number and said to call or text. The ad was up less than three hours before I started getting emails saying the phone number was disconnected. He was so frustrated, he went and changed his phone number. This is a pretty good alternative way of really making sure somebody gets blown up. A lot of people might go to using all of their information and signing up for email spam. Not too many people comment about just going on Craigslist and putting their information out there about some ridiculously elusive free item that they need to contact about. This next story is, you're gonna need a chiropractor. A few years back, my friends and I bought 10 seats at a sold out showing of some Marvel movie on opening day. This was way before the theater started making every ticket purchase have an assigned seat, so we got there super early and we were in the front of the queue. We were there long enough to talk darn near to every employee there. When released, we rushed to the middle and reserved, with jackets, 
five seats on one row and five seats right above. I stayed in the above center seat to ward off any seat pirates or whatever. The rest of my friends went for popcorn and drinks. People started to trickle in. While playing on my phone, a woman in an ugly red hat came by and started scooping up the coats in front of me. She was followed by three kids who probably shouldn't have been in this PG-13 movie, but whatever. Excuse me, those are taken, I said. Mind your business, she replied, as she unceremoniously dumped my friend's coats on the end of the row and put her kids' jackets down in the middle seats. I was in awe. A wild Karen just took our seats, and I was kind of in shock. I looked around at the other patrons in a, are you also seeing this, kind of way. She took her kids to go get popcorn, presumably, and as soon as she rounded the corner, I went into action. I scooped up Karen's coats, ran down to the front of the theater, and put the jackets in the most god-awful seats imaginable, front seats and to the far right, then returned my friend's coats to their proper places. My friends got back pretty quick after that, which was good, because I was dreading facing this horrible woman alone. I told them what had happened, and they all laughed, saying had it been them that saw it, things would have ended differently. Then the lady comes back and sees that my friends are sitting where she wanted and starts fuming. I point to the front row and tell her, your coats are down there. She storms out. People continue to stream into the theater. She comes back with the manager, points to us, points to the seats she now has, and starts loudly complaining. I excuse myself to go listen closer as the light started to dim for the previews. The manager, who had seen us several times while we were in line, stops the lady in the middle of her rant and says something along the lines of, These guys have been here for hours. If you moved their coats and they moved them back, that's on you. Now take your seat, the movie's starting. She begrudgingly had to sit in those seats up front because by now, every last seat was taken. Every time there was a solar flare or a bright flash on the screen, I could see that lady in that stupid hat with her kids staring up at the screen at an ungodly angle. She left as soon as the credits hit, and we had a good laugh about it afterwards. I think we can all agree she 100% deserved exactly what happened to her. She should have just claimed nicer seats that weren't already clearly obviously taken. It's not like their coats had more precedence over the other people's coats that were already there. That said, our next story is, you subject me to your BS, I will subject you to mine. Years ago, I lived in a very nice condo with ground floor access to the backyard of the condo which opened up into a large field and park setting, with pathways throughout. When I lived there, I had two dogs, Smokey and the Bandit, who were two large, lovable fluffballs. I used to walk them all around the area and always picked up after them. Next door was Karen and her husband Ken. Ken was an okay guy, never had any issues with him. But oh my god, Karen was a witch and a half on her best days. As soon as I met them, I sensed a hate for me coming from her, but I never gave her any reasons so I just ignored her. That is, until she decided to appoint herself as the doggy doo-doo police and constantly accused me of not picking up after my dogs. She would scream out her door at me about it when I was returning to my unit. I had zero clue what made her think this about me. Like I said, I always picked up after my dogs. So again, I just ignored her and wrote her off as delusional. 
Doing so must have pissed her off even more because she started stepping up her attacks on me until it got to the point one day she confronted me outside the condo and was literally in my face screaming. I tried to verbally defend myself but ended up just walking away, going into my condo, telling her to go freak herself and slamming the door in her face. She then proceeded to freak out, including trying to kick my door in. I called the cops, who luckily got there quickly and took control of her. In the end, I could have pressed charges against her, but I just wanted her to leave me alone, so on that condition the cops let her go, and thank god she left me alone after that. Not long after that, Ken told me that they bought a house and would be moving. I cannot tell you how happy and relieved I was hearing that. Karen obviously had a very hard time with self-control, and I was worried it would just be a matter of time before she got in my face again. When they finally left, I had a little party to celebrate that night. The next day, I noticed some garbage in what would have been their backyard. Pieces of paper and stuff, nothing major or gross. So I picked it up thinking how ironic it was that I was picking up after them, after Karen had spent so much time accusing me of not picking up after my dogs. One of the pieces of paper was Petty Revenge Gold. It was something about their new house and had the address listed on it. Mwahaha, I tucked that paper away for future reference while formulating my revenge plan. About six months later, it was springtime. The time when people are planting seeds and flowers and doing lots of yard work. I talked to a friend of mine who agreed to help me exact my revenge and got the ball rolling. North of the big city that I lived in was where they had moved to. Also north of the city were lots of landscaping supply stores and farms where you could order things like sand, gravel, manure, etc. I called one of the farms that I had assumed wouldn't be up to date in all the technological advances when it comes to paying by credit card for stuff and ordered 5 cubic yards of manure for around $100. For those of you who do not know, that is a lot of manure, which is delivered by a dump truck and dumped in your driveway. I gave their address for delivery using my friend's credit card so there would be no link to my name. I reimbursed my friend and requested an early morning delivery during the week and for it to be dumped at the end of the driveway closest to the road. I was hoping they wouldn't be home when it was delivered so it could sit all day and get nice and ripe in the sun waiting for them to return home at the end of the day. I imagined them coming home, hopefully tired as freak, being blocked from parking in their driveway and having to deal with the pile which would mean having to shovel it all somewhere. I honestly don't know how it turned out. My friend and I were going to drive up there and stake their place out just to see their reactions but ended up not bothering. Regardless, I got a lot of satisfaction knowing that they would finally have to deal with my BS after me having to deal with theirs. Ha! I am just utterly astounded that you could, at this point with that company, get that much manure delivered and dropped off without even as much as a signature. The fact that you could pay by credit card and they're willing to load it up, drive it out and deliver it, no questions asked? I feel like that company's asking for some like either weird chargeback trouble where people scam you out of all of that manure or like OP did here being the part of an elaborate prank that honestly maybe kind of reflects poorly on your business and how you operate. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, 
check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.